Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's almost posted. It's like Mad Max, almost. Like I've, I've seen the homeless people having like liter- literal gladiator fights. Hmm. So, yeah. for money, I, do you bet on them? I wouldn't. It's it's. I mean, some people might, but if you go to if you go to get on the one on one freeway at like Gower Avenue or Coanga, there's like these insane homeless uh, cities where they've graffitied all over the walls, and I've seen them. Yeah, I've seen them fighting with them. You know, so. Hmm. Yeah. It's a very sad You said that you, uh, in our Twitter uh, exchange, yeah. you said that you had always been or uh, have, over time, uh, leaned right? That's correct. I and mean, I was... What's it like to be a right-leaning person in the leftishest place on Earth? Well, I mean, you'll get called a Nazi and a bigot. I mean, I used to go to the Beverly Hills Freedom Rallies, and there, I mean, thousands of people showed up to that. But I mean, would I just go wear a MAGA hat? Walk in? I mean, I've done it before. Nothing really happens, but it's possible. I mean, people said nasty things, but it is possible that someone would, uh, you know, possibly even assault you. But you yeah, said the the uh, social blowback for that. I'm just wondering about like your ideology doesn't match up with the major ideology around you. No, no, not at all. Is that, uh, is that because you're rebellious or is it because, uh, you, you just, you look at the world differently and how did you get to look at the world differently? If so many people are looking at it in a different direction, how I became a somewhat conservative has to do with, you know, I'm, I, I would say I'm mostly socially liberal, Okay. And on many things, but, you know, they say, you know, a conservative is oftentimes a liberal who's been mugged and I get mugged every tax day. Okay. Every April 15th, I get a nice, you know, and then also when I was in college, I dealt with these woke blue haired people that were constantly calling. Cause I, if I, if you don't agree with them a hundred percent, you're basically like a piece of your violent words are violent. I had communist professors who were openly Marxist. Um, what else? You know, basically being told I was a piece of shit for, you know, you know, even ever so slightly going against the grain of what they believe. So I just wanted to go to a, a California university. I did. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, did. I went to a private school it's called the university of Laverne. It's not, it's on the outskirts of Los Angeles County. Yeah. Okay. So I went there and I I did go to junior college for uh, like two years before I transferred. And I mean, back in like 2012, no, 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 probably 2011 to 2013, I would say I was pretty, like I voted for Barack Obama the second time. I wasn't old enough to vote the first time he ran. I probably would have voted for him back then. Um, So I voted for Obama. Okay. And, you know, I definitely believed in a lot of the left-wing shit, whether it was on gender or, you know, sexuality 
I did believe in it. But a lot of it was everyone I knew at the time, basically everyone, at least everyone I went to school with was into that. Mm-hmm. They were all hardcore. And th- this was this, I can't even imagine what it's like to be on a college campus now. Well, this uh, was, your, your cohort, your generation, uh, yes. would you say you're a, uh, you're a young millennial, uh, old Gen Z? I'm kinda? 30 years old. I will be 31 on May 10th. Okay. So I, I'm a millennial okay. through and through. And the yeah. gender stuff was, uh, I mean, it's peaking at the Gen Z, but uh, it was kind of being facilitated in the millennial. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'd say I would say I was caught the that? first the first wave of it okay. when I first started noticing transgender stuff, and that was once I had transferred to the University of Laverne. What did you I think about it at first? I didn't. Well, at first, I didn't really. At first, I didn't really understand it. But I soon, you know, got caught up in it, unfortunately. And well, what was attractive to you about it? It was just I, I remember if you if you if you would go on like you know I think I was going on Reddit and uh, like watching YouTube videos and you know I was just like severely depressed. I was drinking alcohol and do I mean I had a really bad drug problem back then, like very pretty bad. Any fun ones or just the really bad ones? The drugs. I mean, I did all the fun drugs. I mean, I used to like okay. to do ecstasy, MDMA. I used to love GHB, uh, cocaine, ketamine, mm-hmm. that kind of shit. Okay. GHB is a very popular uh, sex drug. It's okay. like a date rape drug. If you if you do too much of it, it's very dangerous. You can die. People die from GHB all the time. But yeah, I used to like cocaine. Uh, what else? I mean, pills of all kinds. I and was this uh, in the context of uh, being social, like like a kind of a party drug, or was it kind of you coping with uh, boredom? It's, it started out as a party thing. It started out that way, but then it just turned into where I used to do these drugs with people to where I isolated myself in my bedroom, you know, most of the time and got high alone, you know. So it definitely did evolve into that. And then going on the internet, onto Reddit, like the, I think it was like the transgender uh, subreddit, and also watching these YouTube videos of people who um, had gone from, in my case, it would have been, it was male to female, I never really explored the other side. But, you know, they basically made it sound like you could experience what they called gender euphoria. Okay. So another drug. Yeah, I mean, I, in order for me to experience euphoria at the time, I'd have to, you know, get really fucked up. I'd have to do some some Molly or whatever. And, you know, so I just hated myself. I hated everything about myself. And the idea of being someone else. And and, and also, too, I remember them saying, like, you know, and I, I did believe this for a time that, um, you know, I, I, would, I would no longer be a homosexual male. I would be a straight woman. That's how the, the, the therapist uh, outlined it. But I would be a heterosexual woman because I, you know, liked men. And being gay at the time was sort of uh, difficult for me. It wasn't, I don't know, I just never, for whatever reason, I, I couldn't accept it the way I, I should have. Because, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Uh, the, just, um, what was your... Uh feelings how did the feelings towards your uh, homosexuality or sexual orientation evolve over time like when did you discover it what were your feelings when you first discovered it and then how you adapted to that i mean i never had language for it when i was a little boy but i mean 
this woman who was uh, my sister's friend used to babysit us sometimes. And she had a son who was a couple years older than me, like a year or so older. And we, this was like probably, let's see, maybe like around 2000, late nineties, you know, we would play video games and hang out and watch TV, but we would also kind of cuddle. Like we would like spoon cuddle at night, you know, it's kind of a, I don't know, I guess it's not super traditional, but we would do that, you know, and like, we would like sit really close to each other. So that was like the first thing. And then I had another group of friends when I was even younger who used to like, you know, show each other's genitals to one another. So, um, out of curiosity or yes, I think so. And I don't know if that necessarily made me a homosexual or what definitely I'm sure it didn't help. And I wish these things, I mean, the cuddling thing, I don't think was, there was anything super malicious about it, but it was definitely not a traditional life experience, certainly. And um, you were a kid, right? So, I mean, you're, yes, I was, I was probably, I was under 10 years old. These instances occurred. And I mean, I've been told by psychologists that some, that little boys do that sometimes. It's not super uncommon to like, to show, even girls do it, apparently show each other their parts, their genitalia. So, and I just remember like, you know, I used to, there was this deodorant commercial a little later on in my life where it was like this man and, you know, it just showed his physique. And I just remember it, it, you know, enticed me. And I mean, I remember like when I was developing, going through puberty, um, trying to like almost force myself to be heterosexual, like looking at like uh, heterosexual pornography and it, it did nothing for me. Well, and why would you, uh, why would you not want to be a homosexual? I mean, you're in a very liberal uh, place. Right. But okay. But I didn't, okay. My, my father is, my parents are very old. My dad's like 74 years old. My mother is, she's turning 70 this year. Okay. And my father is not, not a, definitely not a woke dude. Like not, my mother has become more left. I don't think she would have been okay with it, but my dad like did not want, you know, gay kid, you know? So he, I I just knew that it would be unacceptable. And like my friend group of boys, like they, like, you know, the common insult was, can I say it? Uh, Let's just imply it. The F word. The the other F word word. The other F word. Okay. The other F word. Yeah. No, the the, the primary, yeah. The main one you can say to your heart's content. But the the one, the one, the F A one. Yeah. Okay. So that, or, you know, and not that like, you know, I'm one of these people, but it, it, it was like, you know, in the early aughts, you know, a common thing to say when you didn't like something was, oh, that's gay. You know, this is gay. And I, I actually say that now. Like sometimes I'd be like, oh, that sounds gay. I don't want to do that. But when I was a kid, so I'm trying to like sort of, in, in, in some ways, I, I sort of almost want to reclaim those statements. But I don't think I could change my homosexuality. I really don't. Okay. Some people, you know, even on the more conservative side, think it's still a terrible thing. But I don't think, I really believe. I, I, that I'm just, this is just, there's just, I just couldn't do it with, I couldn't, I like, I like women and stuff as friends or I respect them, admire them, but I don't think there's any way I could have a relationship where either of us is uh, happy. 
So I've just accepted it. And I don't think it's that big of a deal. Nowadays, people don't care. Okay. But when I was a little kid in seventh, eighth grade, you know, there was no trans kids back then. There was not really gay, openly gay kids, not in middle school and high school. I knew of a couple, but, and then once I went to college, you know, and I was studying like sociology, psychology, all those uh, disciplines, you know, this is like a common uh, topic that, you know, and it wasn't as like when I went there, I can't, like I said, I can't even imagine what it's like today. I mean, so so you just to construct the the story like a story arc uh you were were wrestling with acceptance of your sexual orientation and the gender stuff comes along and gives you an out to that well yes and i would i you know i would abuse drugs and there's this really bizarre um subgenre pornography on the internet they call it sissy hypnosis porn. And I did start uh, using that, you know, and I really never thought about uh, changing my sex until the, until I was spending, you know, my weekends and my free time alone in my bedroom, abusing drugs and watching porn. Like, you know, when I was, you know, I was a little boy. I, w- I wasn't like an, I wasn't super effeminate necessarily. I was kind of scrawny, but I admired sports. Like I was never, I was good at tennis. But I was never good at baseball or soccer. And that, that, that means, you know, that's what makes a man or a male. But I liked video games. I liked uh, guitar music. I liked, you know, my parents had me take, uh, you know, guitar and piano lessons since I was a little kid. So I, I never really wanted to play with the girls. I never was drawn to, you know, I hung out with, with boys. Did you but they have, were just, uh, they were cruel dysphoria? to me. Oh, the boys I were cruel to you. Very much so. Okay. And very, you, you very You weren't able to me. adapt to the way that boys bully and the power structures. No, I mean, boys bullied me horribly for really? like, for, oh, absolutely. For being effeminate or for For being, being effeminate and kind of weak and a little different, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, okay. totally. So, yeah, very bad. And then when I was like 16, I was hanging out with these kids that we were doing, you know, at the softer, softer drugs, like marijuana, you know, ecstasy a little bit. And they tormented me for being a virgin. And they did other things to me too. You know, I went over it all in that, you know, soft white underbelly interview. I went really deep into it, but um, yeah, they fucked, they messed with me really badly and really messed up my sense of identity. And these, these, if I could go back and unmeet anyone in my life, would probably be the, this particular one kid. Who, Cause I think that not only did they introduce me to uh, drugs, but they also bullied me in the worst way. And I think that, that bullying had the most negative effect on my outcome of life. Going back to your this time in your life, what was attractive to you? Was there no other options to have this friend group? Or what was attractive about this friend group? And not erotically I, attractive, but like why why invest yourself into them? I, I don't know. The one kid lived close to me. He lived close to me. Um, I did. I was curious about drugs. And I just didn't know it. Like these were the kids who 
I could hang out with who had connections to these things and were also interested, at least in the little area that I was living at the time. Like, mm-hmm. These were the boys mostly who you know knew where to acquire marijuana and MDMA and stuff like that. And so I certainly the, was. The drugs were they? Uh, did they facilitate your creativity, or did they give you escape? Like, what's your relationship? Why yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I used to get high and play the guitar, the piano for hours, and just love it and listen to music. Um, you know, I used to write these incredible essays for college, high on Adderall. You know, so yeah, I, yes, and, and it was also escapism. Like, I could get really, really high. And I mean, as, as you know, I eventually got into like prescription painkillers and those, you know, you don't care about anything. You just, you just feel really loved. It's like getting a, a it's like, it's like a hug on a, on a cold day and a, and a, a cozy blanket, a, a false, a very false feeling of safety. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's still a struggle for me not to use drugs, you know, or drink. Alcohol makes me psychotic too. Not psychotic, but it makes it, it brings out a person that I don't that i don't like and people a don't mean like. person or yes very much yeah. so i become very much like my father when i start to drink so i tend to not do it i don't do it anymore but i've been uh, completely sober from drugs and alcohol since december 18th of 2018 and ever since i did that i my my mental clarity has come back and that's how i figured with the transition thing like it was just sort of like wait a minute what have i done so, but yeah, if I was, if I was still doing speed basically and, you know, all these other drugs on a daily basis, I, God only knows what I'd be up to. I mean, I'd probably be dead or I'd be living in a tent somewhere around here, you know, or it's very, you it's might be a possible. multimillionaire, you know, that's you possible might. too. That's, uh, that's possible. I mean, I'm not doing bad for myself, certainly, but that's possible. I mean, a lot of, a lot of very successful people use drugs, especially Adderall. Zoom, zoom. So. Yeah. So, so, so the the onboarding for you for planting the thoughts of being, uh, as your therapist put it, a uh, heterosexual woman was pornography, yes. and yeah. that's connected to to drugs and stuff, which seems kind of rather uh, hedonistic relationship with drugs. You're just you're in it for the experience, yeah. and and uh, pornography is just like you're just kind of getting out of your head and into your body, and um, sure. And did that begin to give you a sense of dysphoria? Did you have any dysphoria? Did you ever like look in the mirror and say, that's not who I am? Or I think I started to, I think I started to, but not, um, not the way that from transgender, like I never ever had any desire to have my genitals, uh, you know, mutilated, but you can see it as, I never, like, I can't even, like, it's, it would be very difficult for me to look at a picture of it, like, an open vagina, you know? Even back then, it's just not, you know, I, like, boobs, I, I don't really want it, you know? Like, if, uh, you know, Kendall Jenner was butt naked on the floor right there, I would just get a sheet and just throw it over her, you know? <laughs> so I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, uh be, be impressed or, or so, whatever it wouldn't do anything for me so no i don't think i ever had the gender dysphoria that i mean i kind of don't like being i was never really hairy i was never into having like you know i never wanted to have like a beard or anything i did have all my body hair removed um 
And, but I never had the traditional, like, you know, that I should be, I, you know, a girl, you know, I never, but I started to have actual gender dysphoria when I had transitioned and I was, you know, doing the whole, you know, woman thing. I was going Presenting. Yeah. yeah, 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 I did. I wore makeup. I had long hair, you know, whatever. And but I would go, that wasn't but, to manifest an erotic ideal of the woman. Like, why become a woman? What's, what's the process of that? What's the attraction to that? Or the I, I really don't. I think I admired women. So I do admire. No, I was always interested in like women's runway fashions and stuff like that. I always preferred to, I would watch the men's too or follow, but the women's was much more appealing. It's much more interesting. And people care a lot more about the women's, women's rather. But no, I remember going places and, you know, like a coffee place or fast food or takeout food where they'd be like, can I get a name for your order? And I just feel like silly, like saying Brianna just didn't seem right. It didn't seem, it just, I just wanted to say, you know, Brian. And after a while, it just, that, I think that was dysphoria. Like, why am I wearing these clothing? Like, why am I doing this? Well, why did you start doing it? I I honestly don't think I ever would have done it. I think I would have gotten, I mean, I, I definitely do think like the pornography and the drug abuse. Um, I would have continued with that for a while until it no longer worked for me. But the gender therapist I saw, she told me that I am a woman, that I, that I am, like, if we did brain scans, that, you know, my brain would be the same as, as hers hmm. and, or like the same, you know, functioning. Yeah. And that, you know, she, like the little building it was in, it had like these bathrooms where, you know, you needed a key. And at the end, I remember she, I looked like a man at the time, more manly than I look now, of course, but she gave me the key for the woman's uh, toilet. It's okay. And she also told me, I, like, I kind of wanted to kill myself back then. But I don't know if I really would have done it, but I certainly had You're right. thought. Thinking about it, and you really were fed yeah. up with life. At a time, certainly. I seriously considered it. And I told her about this. And she goes, oh, well, you know, this is your gender dysphoria. And this is your, you know, uh, it's manifesting into this and in your drug abuse. So if you transition and live your life as a woman and do, and she would always tell me the hormone therapy would make me feel better. And like, she would like, she, she really, I mean, she literally injected the first dose of estradiol into me. She, she was very inappropriate with me. She was my friend on Facebook, which therapists are not supposed to do. Well, so let's just back up. How did you get connected to, well, so what's your relationship to therapy over from your teen zone? When did you first started practice? I started going to therapy. I mean, my mom occasionally would send me to some, but I was never super into it. I've definitely, over my lifespan, seen several therapists. And I have um, psychiatrists, too. I go to see a therapist now, but she's completely objective, and she has no ideological stance on uh, gender. I mean, she's from Iran, you know, I can barely even pronounce her name. So she doesn't, she's not bought into this woke shit. So what was therapy to you over the course of your teens and your early twenties? Like what, when you started to go to it voluntarily, what were you seeking? From I was just trying to figure out like what's wrong with me. I always thought there was something really, really wrong with me. And there's, I mean, I have some depression, but I'm not, 
you know, I'm not like, a, I don't have, I'm not schizophrenic. I'm not bipolar. I'm not, um, I thought for a while within the last year I had, um, borderline personality disorder, but my psychologist and my psychiatrist said I don't. So other than like depression and like occasional anxiety, I'm somewhat, you know, well, uh, functioning. Adjusted. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. That's sorry. Okay. I, I just want to see how much, but anyway, um, yeah, so I mean, I saw a really good therapist before I went to go see this gender therapist lady, but I feel like she would not have, you know, told me to go down this transgender road. But I, instead of going, but I, I literally, the gender therapist, I found her through YouTube. She has a YouTube channel. I can send it to you if you want, it's still up. Okay. You know? So and you're just I mean, scrolling through uh, the YouTube. I'm just trying to figure out like the transition into transition. So right, you're, you're watching, I mean, you know, you're, you're engaging with, the, drugs and pornography and YouTube's right there and you're just just acting out your curiosity and you stumble into I guess Reddit is uh giving you Reddit, these ideas yeah, and Reddit stuff. Too. But but the, the the first seed was planted by the porn. The pornography. And then then I ventured into YouTube and Reddit. Okay. And um yeah, so I eventually like, you know, you start watching YouTube videos and it's like reg the algorithm it recommends so Eventually, I found this gender therapist lady, and I clicked on it, and she has these videos. They're really sick and really disturbing now that I watch them. But um, How did they a look for you when you first found them? Like, I was like, oh, well, this might be my solution. And I found out that she lived somewhat locally to where I was living at the time, less than an hour drive away. So I went to go see this woman, and... You know, I do not, I know that I would never have gone through the trend. If I had gone to see the, the, the psychologist, the lady I see now is a clinical psychologist. Had I gone and saw her, she would not have put me, she would not have pressured me to put me on the hormone therapy and all that stuff. So, yeah. So were you really impressionable or did you want to transition? Was she giving you an answer or an out to your depression? And, yes, and you thought yes, that transition... I think it was, yeah, you could fit I, into the world better and be more. Yeah, and it, it was just manifesting. It was just manifesting into the the pornography. So basically, in a way, I sort of let a sex fetish take over my life. That the the, the sex fetish ever since I quit doing like speed, really, I have no interest in it. Like that's why it was just still, like silly for me to sit over there and do my do my makeup every morning before work. I just, I started to feel the real gender dysphoria after I had changed. Cause I couldn't be myself when, when I was living, uh, doing the whole woman, woman face, whatever you want to call it. Um, I could not be myself. I couldn't like, I, I can make people laugh pretty easily and I just couldn't like fuck with people or not. I mean, not fuck with people, but like sort of, you know, do you know, just kind of, I couldn't do it because just for one thing, you know, I, I talked with this really contrived voice and I just always had to pretend that I was, uh, I was just being something that I was not like, I would hang out with women sometimes and they would start talking about their womanly shit. And I couldn't even follow I was like, what the fuck are you guys talking about. Like, you know, it just wasn't me. Like I can sit here with dudes in a room of dudes and we can talk about whatever. All right. And I, I hang out with women all the time. But there's definitely the experience that they have had in life is a polar opposite from mine. So I will never understand what it means to be a woman. Okay. I, well, I, I, even though I, I had their hormones rushing through my body for a while, 
I still don't understand it. I don't understand. I don't. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. so transition can mean a lot of different things. There's social transition, hormonal transition, and then uh, operative uh, gender yes. reassignment surgery. Wow, you're very, you're very well versed in this. You're very well versed. So, where yeah. did you start? Uh, you're like, well, I'm going to start. Did your gender therapist, so called, have you? Um, but what, what what's it called? Uh, just live as a woman first to no. try it out. Nope. I mean, all right. If you get bored later, or so a lot of people don't believe this, but if you get bored, just Google. There's two things you should Google: gender therapist Westwood Boulevard, Los Angeles. Because for some reason, they're all on Westwood Boulevard. Huh. I don't know why. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And also, uh, gender clinic Buena Park. It's a little town in Orange County by Knott's Berry Farm. There's a there's a gender clinic there. And also the LA LGBT center will do it. They do it very poorly. Also, I mean, do Google, the gen, the hormone stuff, they'll, they'll get you. That's the one. I think that's the most, the one that I'm against the most because you can go in there and they'll give you all, it's like a zoom call with like, like 45 other people. And you'll get like all these different referrals for like surgeries and hormone. I mean, they have a doctor's wow. office there. It's very, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people don't believe it but it's 100% so this is just true. um it, th- at some point in the history of Los Angeles or the greater Los Angeles area the plastic plastic surgery industry kind of morphed into the gender affirmation industry 100% i mean if, if you have industry. if you have medical insurance medical in order to in order to be on medical you have to make less than i think like $18,000 a year which i don't know how anyone could survive in and i mean a really crappy apartment over here is about 2200 bucks so anyway so they will pay for this mind you this, the plastic surgeons who do it for the insurance companies are not the good plastic surgeons the guy who does it in beverly hills i won't say his name but his nickname is the beverly the butcher of beverly hills and these hormone clinics the ones that they're not the good ones i went to the good ones that i paid cash for like the one in buena park the one in marina del rey so yeah, but if you don't believe it, just Google it. And these, these, that there's one, I, I won't say her name for legal reasons, but the one gender therapist on Westwood Boulevard, she'll she, like basically on her website, basically promises you, you'll get the, you know, the, all the letters you need after one visit. I'll send you her website if you want some sick, some sick shit, I think. And look, I, I, I do believe that there are transgender people. I do. I do believe that. I think it's extremely rare. I think it's extremely rare, but there are some people who, uh, I do. I think it's extremely, extremely rare. But I think there are some people who are born the wrong sex. I think that it does exist. But what we're seeing now, I would classify it more as like a social contagion type thing. And I don't know. I think in five years, stories like mine are going to become much more common. They are. Uh, they're popping up, um, and I'm following them. Uh, so you your conversation with your or your relationship with your gender therapist how long did that last when did the hormones start so she had you on hormones before social transition yeah oh yeah okay. uh, yeah and what did and she say the hormones would do for you like unlock make your me true make self? no no no. she said it would make me feel better it would make me feel better it would help with my depression and you know it would you know she also hosted these uh transgender support groups that she would have me come to where i was still you know looking like living as a man and she would go, she, she's, she's a licensed clinical social worker, but she would go around and inject people with their hormones. 
which definitely Sounds was like a one. religious ceremony. Like kind of, it was very cult. Like I, like after, like, like after leaving the, after detransitioning, so to speak, I feel like not only have I left a cult, but I feel like I literally lived out an episode of the twilight zone. Okay. Like I said in the soft white underbelly thing, Rod Serling could, if he came to the future and, and they could do it, you know, I could hear it just like it, me going into work at such and such address there exists, you know, here's Brian, but in the twilight zone, he's known as Brianna. Okay. And everyone buys into it. Everyone bought into it basically. I, you know, no friction, not really. I mean, some of my family members and stuff, but I, if I went to uh, a deli or a supermarket, it was, you know, especially in LA. Yeah. So, so. before the cognitive dissonance began to, uh, become too heavy for you uh the first steps uh, the hormones how did they feel the dressing up as a woman did that did that did you get some sort of euphoria out of that a little bit it, there was sort of like a rush to it maybe but um not i i mean i've experienced euphoria on drugs and that's a different thing it's a very temperate very false sense of euphoria but um no, not really. I mean, I what was. What was the estrogen do for you that make you feel? All, all it did chill? for me is no. It, it sort of like got rid of my body hair a little bit. It helped with it, and I also had laser hair removal and electrolysis done. Um, and it just made my skin really smooth. I was always kind of like interested in skins, like uh, having nice skin. You know, I always took good care of myself, hmm. and it, I guess it made that. But did it make me? D- I mean, it didn't, it didn't change the depression. way that you thought. Uh, did, I think a little bit. I think a little bit. I mean, it, all it did really, the only thing it did for me was it eliminated my sex drive. I had no interest in it. I mean, none for at least the first couple of years I had. Were, I mean, I don't, yeah. You were on the androgen blockers too? For after a while, I didn't need it anymore. But yeah, I did, I did take the um, anti androgen, correct? I took that for probably two years, maybe longer. That's a horrible medication to take. It's a diuretic. It makes you pee constantly. It it causes depression. I know that my depression uh, got worse. It was hard for me to go to the gym. It was hard for me to exercise. I didn't want to socialize really. I just became like really like a really uptight person where, you know, it was not a good thing for me. And I mean, my mom sort of went along with it and she helped me with it just because she was so worried about me, like killing myself. And she knew I was abusing drugs. She, she knew. Okay. And my mom even spoke to that gender therapist lady and she was like, do you want to have a dead son or an alive daughter? That's what they say. Mm-hmm. So, um, I feel horrible for everything I put my family, my mother really through. And, you know, I'm just trying to, I don't know, sort of repent for, not necessarily repent, but I do, I mean, I literally, I lived, I mean, I, for a while I lived in a house with, where it was only for women to help with sobriety. It's called a sober living. I lived in one for about six months with all women, which I shouldn't have done. You know, I used to use the women's bathroom, the women's locker room. I mean, part of my waking up from this too was I was at Gold's Gym in Hollywood and there's a little like thing before one on one side is the women's locker room and on the other side is the men's and i could like smell the men i could like smell and i was just like that's where i need to be and then i had to go into the fucking women's locker room and see like these saggy tits and stuff and i never should have been in there i never ever should have gone into the women's locker room i mean it, it was just completely inappropriate so 
um, yeah, so the reason I wanted to do the soft white underbelly interview was because for one thing, I knew he was the only one at that time who would, I mean, he interviews basically untouchable people. So, and, and this is a somewhat ta uh, taboo topic, but I, I just hope that some people will see that interview before they, you know, decide to go and get hormone therapy or decide to do um, a transition without like, you know, really thinking about it first and really go, do, going to see like a good therapist. Cause I wouldn't recommend people to go, go to see a gender therapist, but I mean, it's my understanding too, that now the, um, the, a the APA, it's basically all therapists are just supposed to affirm if someone comes, like if you were to go as a goof and just say like, no, I want to become a woman or something. Like, okay. Well, here's, you know, here's a gender clinic. Here's a, so, uh, you know, mm -hmm. so that's sort of certainly disturbing to me, but I, and just worry. I mean, I worry about my niece and nephew. Um, luckily, they go to a private school, but it's just really sad to me to see what this movement has become. When did you decide to become sober, and what initiated that? Okay. In order for me to have a good career and be successful in life, I had to be sober from drugs and alcohol. Right. And the drugs were not working for me anymore. I could not get high really. It was I was having physical side effects. So I decided to go to a rehab facility. Alright. And it took a couple tries actually. Alright. And I knew that once I got sober, that I could have a a good a good life on paper. On paper, I you know, I'm the shit. I have no felonies, anything. I have a good career. I have a nice lifestyle, very nice lifestyle. Um, so, you know, in, in Alcoholics Anonymous, which I do, you know, sort of subscribe to, I'm, I've had issues with that too because they're so woke over here. But you, you have to find a higher power. And I, I'm not saying it's, okay. My higher power is success, you know, upward mobility i do believe in god and i jesus i like that whole thing I wouldn't say i'm a diehard christian or anything but i like the whole thing okay but what keeps me from going back to doing drugs also this fentanyl shit scares me fentanyl wasn't really around the way it was it, when i was getting high in 20 it was i had started hearing about it but the way it's in everything now like you can get ecstasy pills but anyway that's a whole other thing um upward mobility all right so, and being a successful person that I, if I was to get high all day, I, I just get too into it and I don't want to leave my bedroom. I won't shower for days at a time sometimes, depending on what I'm into, what I'm up to. And it's just not a sustainable lifestyle. Was there a, like you watched a Jordan Peterson video or something? And, and I, I asked that, like, what was the initiation to like say, well, no, I want to be successful. Like, like when did Jordan, your ambition come back or punch Jordan Peterson? Jordan Peterson was definitely a part of it. I started listening to Joe Rogan and he had on, I mean, I would say that's, that was the beginning to my actual red pilling, shall we say. He had on like Milo Yiannopoulos, Gavin McGinnis. Um, he had on, um, you know, I saw, I it was, I, I really admire Deborah. So the psychologist, I think she's a sexologist. Uh, sexologist. And yeah, once I heard her views, 
on gender and stuff, it uh, really changed, changed, uh, definitely changed the way. And also paying taxes too. It was definitely like the amount of money I'm paying in taxes were, was really, um, no, I'm in, I'm in one of the worst, I'm in one of the worst tax brackets. All right. So, um, oh, man. so yeah, that started to, and so, also, also I just didn't like the democratic party. I didn't, it, cause with the, with the woke gender ideology, who you are dictates what you do and what you believe. So if you're a transgender woman, you have to be on board with all this woke shit. All right. So, I, so, and I didn't believe in a lot of that stuff and I was chastised and basically, basically called a, a Nazi and all this other shit. So, and I did not like that. I think that, and you know, I am still gay, but I, I would consider myself more conservative leaning, more right leaning, not, I mean, not fascist or anything or Hitler shit, but I'm definitely more, I'm a registered Republican. Okay. So I voted, you know, so, so you you got your April fifteenth like kicked to the nuts. That's one sure. thing. Yes. But what happened is that I'm just trying to reconstruct. I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but it seems like there was something that was introduced into your um, into your media environment, right? Into what you're consuming that was a little bit more stimulating, a little bit more thoughtful, um, a little bit more. Yeah, mind base and thinking about the future, thinking about you know time and all these issues, you know, like this, uh, you know, like Rogan and Peterson, all these and and so like all these people. So you Dave start Chappelle to too. and Chappelle. So you start to in your media environment, um, something starts to wake you up or say like, what are you doing? You're just being a hedonist. You're just running a loop of biology, yes. and and you want something more. You're like, well, wait, I. I am more than my biology. I'm more and than I just something, something that different. Consumes. And I wanted to just, I just wanted to, you know, I, 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 I would look at picture. I have all of my yearbooks from elementary school. And I remember one evening um, when I wasn't going into work because of the COVID thing, I took every from kindergarten to high school. And I, I found my picture in it and I just wanted to like forgive that person and that, you know, I never did anything wrong and there was nothing wrong with me. Really, There was no other, I think it was other people that had the problem and it wasn't me. And so when I, when I saw the pictures of me in the yearbook, it was just, I didn't want to, I, I, you know, my name, Brian, you know, I just, the Brianna thing was just, I found it to be absurd and it just wasn't who I am. This is not what I was meant to be. You know, I, you don't, even though I have some, you know, slightly, I wouldn't say I'm even super, I, I know gay men who are a thousand times more feminine than I am. But I think that there was no reason for me to ever change genders. I, it, of all the things I regret in life, and I regret certainly a lot, the gender, the transgender, the gender transition, and the drug abuse are the number two that I regret. So, yeah, I just have learned to love myself, I guess, and to forgive myself. And I forgive the people who harm me, too. So, yeah, basically. When you, uh, so you, you became sober first and then the you detransitioned is that the correct i've only detransitioned within the last couple months what does that entail i mean like i said in the the soft white underblood thing it just it was just a 
a haircut and buying some new clothes. I love shopping anyway, so, you know. Um, Did you have haircut. any adverse reactions to being reintroduced to your natural endocrine yes, systems? Yeah, oh, yes, yes. I have to go see a urologist. On, yes, yes. Oh, I'm really? Inside. Okay. Yeah, I'm having a urological issue. I, it should be okay. But yeah, because, okay, my, my male system was turned off for years. I had no testosterone and it atrophied and went back into me. So now that I have testosterone again, I'm having some issues. Yes. So yeah, the Thursday, five days from now, I'm going to see a urologist and I've been in pain. Yeah. Yeah. It, oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Oh yes. It's, it's not to mess with your body's chemistry is not, it's certainly not a good idea. And what about the uh, psychological or emotional um, impact of having uh, testosterone uh, active in your system again? Is I mean, like I have more energy. Culture I, shock, or no, not really. It's a familiar. It's like an old friend, you know. It's like I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know, my feel alive again. Yeah, you know? I just feel like a, a human being. Huh. Did you I know? disappear? No, my mother sent me a text message. Oh, that's sweet. It's, well, it's Easter. I'm going to go see my family after this. Yeah, go do a little Easter sweet. egg hunt with yeah. my niece. And, yeah, I mean, literally, my sister saw that soft white underbelly video. I think my mom sent it to her, but we were kind of distant. We hadn't really, you know, we had, you know, she was never really on board with the whole transgender thing. But she texts me saying how she's proud of her brother and how, you know, this is the man I, or like, this is the person I like. That I want to be the uncle of my kids and my friend and my brother. She said something really like, really, it's like the nicest thing she's ever said to me. So, and other people I know, like I made sure that basically everyone I work with that matters to me saw it just, you know, just in case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. I, but yeah, go ahead. So, while you say that you have forgiven the people who harmed you, uh, you still yeah. take umbrage with uh, the industry uh, that is so easily offering transition to uh, vulnerable individuals. Yes. I mean, I don't think that it's a great thing what it's turned into. I just, I just, I mean, and I do believe that the medical industry is profiteering from it having lifelong uh customers of their hormones uh insurances are in, in california and in health insurance companies have to pay for this shit they have to pay for like you know everything basically so some are more difficult to do but if you have medical they'll pay for everything they're not going to be the best doctors. Like I've seen a lot of them that have that facial feminization thing and they have this giant scar and it just doesn't, it doesn't look good. Hmm. But non nonetheless, these plastic surgeons, uh, endocrinologists and various other medical profession. And I just, I do think it's wrong. I don't hate anybody. I don't hate anybody. And I have a, like, I have a couple people I still know from the transgender world that still want to be my friend. A couple, one has, Ever since I detransitioned, basically doesn't want anything to do with me, which is fine because this person wasn't like a not a, not a healthy person. And, and you lost some friends not because you spoke out or you're speaking out now with this interview in the soft white underbelly, but just the fact of detransitioning makes you yeah. Uh, I don't, this, or this, makes this, you an this particular or? person, this particular person doesn't even. I don't think 
ever watched that any anything knows of anything I did. Um, this individual got upset with me over the Leah Thomas, the, the transgender swimmer. All I asked this person to do was watch the race. I sent her, whatever. I sent this person a video of the race set and flipped out. <laughs> just the, just the race, just the one race where this per- this swimmer is just annihilating. This was before, this was like back in probably February before the one, the big, really controversial one I sent. Cause we had sort of brought it up and, and it just sent me the shit like, Oh, you don't think trans women are women. And you know, I just, I just, I think there are transgender people, but I don't think you should be able to invade a category like that. For example, last night I had the displeasure of eating at a vegan restaurant. All right. And when you, okay, hold on, let me, hold on okay. on the menu. They, they had a thing where it says proteins and a lot of the proteins, it was like Mexican style. So it would be like jackfruit in quotations, carnitas or such and such carne asada you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. so even the even the woke vegan restaurant I, it wasn't my idea to eat at this restaurant the family members of mine but you know they acknowledge that the jackfruit is not pork and the soy glutamate or whatever it's made from god only knows is not beef so while i but that doesn't mean that someone can't necessarily identify as something, but it doesn't mean you are that because like in the transgender ideology, like, uh, like Rachel Levine, you're, you know, who Rachel Levine, the uh, secretary of health, I think. Um, uh, yeah. And, the under second in command or something. Correct. All right. So she, there is no difference between her and Beyonce Knowles, when she was nine months pregnant with twins, they're the same thing. And I think that's absurd. Right? I'm, well, yeah. So. We're supposed to, that's the party line. That is the party line. I mean, I, I, I know a lot of women don't like this. And it doesn't mean they're transphobic. But they just don't want, I mean, I think it means something to be a woman. And it's, I don't know. I just feel, and a man, a man too. Did, you know, I'm, I'm gay and, you know, as a gay man, according to their ideology, I'm supposed to just be down to, um, to eat a pussy, you know, like a man, a, a you know, man's trans, pussy, it's a man's pussy. Though. I don't, I'm, like, I'm not doing that, but, um, that that's according to them. That's a transphobia, transphobic thing to say, mm-hmm. but I, if someone wants to identify as transgender, I'm not going to like misgender someone on purpose i wouldn't do that I, i'm polite they the they thing i i don't know about that but or if someone asked me to call them zim and zur i wouldn't i wouldn't do that if someone asked me to do they i would just call this person by their first name mm-hmm. i'm polite i think you should have the right to do what you want to like if you want to tattoo your body blue i don't want it to be illegal but i don't want to pay for it at the same time mm-hmm. I don't want to. So, so if you were to show up on a high school campus, somebody invited you to give a a talk, uh, to just give a full story, give all the sides of of the transness, Mm -hmm. um, and it happened to be the case that somebody just like you was listening to you, uh, somebody 16, um, or, you know, before even the transgender thing even came in their head. Like, what would you have to say to that boy, that young man, um, to, to 
keep him honest with himself or honest with the world or, or well, what do you think he needs to hear? He needs to hear that you have to be, this is something that can fuck you up for life. I'm probably going to have some, I mean, I'll never be able to have children naturally highly doubt it. I mean that there's a con. So before you just don't rush into this, that would be my advice to anyone, anyone is to not rush in because this changing your gender is not like, uh, you know, buying a new car. It's not like, uh, you know, shaving your head, you know, potentially, you know, I could, it, had I had a vaginoplasty, I, I might, I don't know what I, wow. I might've committed suicide or something. So to really look at yourself, to really like, you know, just figure out who you are as a person and what, really what happened to you? Were you traumatized? Were you, uh, you know, abused? Because, you know, when I was a kid, every, you know, experience I had was non-traditional. And I didn't really know that. I thought that this is just how people lived. You know, the first time I had sex was very non-traditional. It was a statutory rape. I was taken advantage by someone. So you need to really figure out who you are and what you're about before you go on and makes a, a, a decision that could impact you for the rest of your life. And some people it'll be a good thing for. I do believe that. I do believe there, that there are, like I said, I do believe there are transgender people. I think it's an, it, it actually exists, but I don't think it's what we're seeing today. I, I, you know, so to a young man to just figure out who you are, don't go to a gender therapist, go to just a regular, try to find a therapist who like, maybe like, like an older person, definitely a, a PhD or a PsyD. Don't go. And maybe a psychiatrist too. And maybe do that for at least six months to a year before you actually, and then try, try it, try, try. I would say try living as a woman without hormone therapy. You know, you don't have to go all out, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. But I just feel like society is doing the exact opposite, especially here in Southern California. So, so. since you've detransitioned, are you able to fuck with people now again? Is that um, yeah. is that back on the table? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty good at making people laugh. How's so. your relationship to uh, society changed or just general? Uh, your... I love it. I can, I, I'll go to the coffee shop. Who's it? For Brian. You know? And there's no... I'll go clothes shopping to the men's department. I don't feel like everyone's like, oh, is this a transgender? You know? So I feel much more comfortable. Hmm. You know, I'll sh- if, you know, if I have to meet, meeting someone was always stressful for me. Hmm. You know, because they're going to, they're, they're, they know, people know. You know, people know when they're usually dealing with someone who is transgender. It's not, you know, most people can figure it out. So, yeah, I would say my um, sense of humor has come back. My drives, my interests have been put back online. So. And you're going to be able to be more successful so that next April 15th, you might be so successful that you don't have to pay taxes anymore. That's the plan. That's, that's, if I open my own company, that could be possible. Yeah. And that's, that's actually, I moved down to Newport beach. 
you know, also get fucked by the cop. But they're not all woke that long. You know, there's a beautiful beach. It's clean. The cops will come if you call them. There's no street watch LA. You're freaking fascist. You just want a clean society. I, I would like a <laughs> a nice place to live. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. Yeah. So yeah, and I hope I really hope to help someone with these uh, just by sharing my my experience with the transgender world or my, my transgender experience, which some people do not want shared, but I'm sorry, but this is my life and this is what happened to me. And I really don't want it to happen to anyone else. I just don't, but unnecessarily. Yes. Unnecessarily. Yes. So, but luckily my detransition, uh, I, I'll be, I think once I get the urological thing fixed, I, I, I'll be okay. I, my parts are all there. You know, I don't really want to have body hair anyway, so I can, look, I can certainly look at that. You don't have to have body hair. Right. That's and, not and, like and, an extreme right. thing to right. know. I don't, think it's not, I don't think it's an extreme. It doesn't make me a woman to like to watch, you know, the Chanel runway. You know, doesn't, no. doesn't. You got style, you got class. Yeah, and I, but I don't like. You need uh, to gender that. You know, but I, 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 you know, I don't even think I've ever seen a chick flick. You know, I've never, really not think, even a not even a I, Matthew McConaughey one. I think I've seen like legally how to lose blonde. a guy in ten days. Never seen it. I've never. Oh. I've seen Legally Blonde, and my sister was watching it when I was a child. Mamma Mia. Never seen it. Never seen it. Okay. Sex in the City three. All right, I have I have watched the Sex in the okay. City show. Okay, but my favorite, my three favorite movies that I've been watching, I like American Psycho. I like Fight Club. I like The Silence of the Lambs. No Country for Old Men. Uh, there will be blood, Goodfellas, The Sopranos. I like that kind of shit, you know. So I, I don't. I don't, I'm sort of. Con- I, I I don't know. I I like to you know wear a suit and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, oh well, but it looks good for me, you know. So that's. I'm happy to hear that, Brian. And uh, thank you. You know, thank you for allowing me to pick your brain and and hear about your life. It was totally. Uh, you're a cool, cool cat. Thank you. I like to think so. Yeah, people like me. People, people like me. I'm a likable guy, you know. But I, you know, so yeah, people just like me. I don't have a lot of enemies, except for maybe some blue-haired trans people might not like me anymore. But it's, it's a write-off. You know? Is it a write-off? There we go. <laughs> Keep it in the tax theme. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Ben. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, Brian. Have um, a happy Easter. You know okay. Yeah, you too. Happy Easter. <laughs>